Southwest 19, 24, Seattle Tower, wind 0307, runway 34 right, clear for takeoff. Hello everyone, it's your co-host Veronica here, flight attendant, software engineer, karaoke singer, anything you name it, and along with me is the legendary top coder and pilot, Dan, hello Dan, how are you doing and how have you been? Hi Veronica, legendary and top coder, flight attendant and uh, uh, karaoke singer. Man, I am not a legendary karaoke singer. There is no level of alcohol that I can consume to sing karaoke, that is for sure. So, uh, <laughs> But uh, I can write code, um, I can fly an airplane, and I can podcast, and it's a joy once again to be doing episode, uh, now episode eight with you, Veronica. From across the globe, it's so nice to see you again. Um, we, uh, we, we want to kind of touch on what we talked about last time from, uh, you know, in-person events, uh, keeping, you know, our momentum going, networking with people, uh, the enthusiasm of in-person events. And, uh, I want to also, we never talked about that, uh, the, the arrival that I had in Burbank last week, which was crazy. It was wild. Uh, you mentioned something to me uh, on WhatsApp about it, and I w I'm really looking forward to know more and in detail because it sounds like a wild story. Um, how about we proceed now and you tell us exactly what happened and how did you manage the situation that time? Yeah. Well, you know, it, it's... I, I, I'm always curious uh, about, you know, your perspective of your side of the job, right? Like we work in the same industry, we work the same job, but we have different roles. And, right. uh, and so I love hearing about your role on, on the airline um, and because it's a completely different role than, than mine. And, uh, and but both are essential to getting people from A to B. And so, you know, when I hear about your issues with passengers or you're, you know, dealing with the crew and coordinating with the crew uh, and then and then my side of the perspective of, of a similar story like that, you know, and, and so uh, and then, of course, you know, our listeners don't really see from a flight deck perspective uh, unless they're pilots as well. But uh, this isn't really that kind of podcast, right? But I like to give that that sort of perspective as to like what the day-to-day -day job is like and how after you and I get off of work that you have to switch gears. And now if you want to get anything done on your software, you have to go into that mode. And and so this this trip into uh, into Burbank, the flight from uh, Seattle to Burbank last week uh, was, was uh, pretty crazy right from the top of uh, descent. So we're at the cruise flight or at cruise altitude and we get our first, uh, you know, clearance to descend uh, into Burbank from, I don't know, probably about 33,000 feet down. And uh, there was something going on with Los Angeles Center where they had too much traffic or the timing wasn't right. And, and we, you know, we don't have the whole picture. We're just a little piece of the puzzle of all the airplanes going into the, the LA basin area, whether that's uh, LAX or Ontario or Burbank or even Long Beach um, and uh, Orange County. All these airports are kind of in this little area. And, and so there's this compression that happens. And we got caught in some sort of a weird compression where they, they cleared us on the descent, on the arrival, and on an arrival, there's a prescribed path, like a road in the sky, and there's fixes along the way that we have to meet with these altitudes and airspeeds. Sometimes it depends on the arrival. Well, 
they you know air traffic control pretty quickly cleared us you know they they cleared us on that on that descent but then they turned us off of the uh off of the arrival which is unusual and they told us very suddenly to level we were passing through about 24,300 feet and descending at 2,000 feet a minute and air traffic control said you need to level at 24,000 feet and and we can't physically make the airplane stop in 300 feet uh, it's just wow. we're going to go through it so there was there was that you know we dipped down and we're back up to you know cruise altitude a new cruise altitude of 24,000 and then we're cleared back on the arrival and back to descend and now we're high coming into Burbank and I don't really like going into Burbank much anyway because it's just a very tight airspace and and uh, and there's a lot of general aviation traffic in that area um, so it's it's usually kind of high workload anyway it's also a very short runway but um, uh, so they vectored us off of the arrival a couple of times and it was just sort of chaotic throughout the entire descent. And then, um, and then finally we get cleared onto the approach. So the airport's in front of us. We, we see the airport, but there was some weather in the area, but we could see it. We're on maybe like a 10 mile final. Um, the gear is down. We have almost full flaps. And then a little airplane cuts across the approach path um, about 500 feet below us, uh, which as soon as I switched over to tower control, the tower controller told us about this little airplane that was passing right underneath us. And we have a, a, a system on the airplane called uh, TCAS, Traffic Collision Alert System. And it alerted us to this aircraft, even though we didn't immediately see it, passing 500 feet below us. So, so the indication starts, uh, like, I don't know, it alerted you? It, the indication turned on? It does, yeah. It'll it'll start with uh, what's called a, um, um, uh, a traffic... Traffic, traffic. Exactly, traffic. exactly. <laughs> Do that again. Yeah. Traffic, traffic, traffic. Yeah. <laughs> this is exactly how it sounds. <laughs> it, it totally is. It, it's so it'll traffic, traffic. And, uh, and, and, then, uh, and then it'll say, it'll go to a resolution advisory, an RA, which will say, it'll, uh, it'll say, do not descend uh, or don't descend. Uh, or it'll say climb or it'll say descend. And so you have to follow those instructions from this system because it's trying to keep you away from, uh, from the aircraft, of course, to prevent a collision. Um, so the, the RA that we got was a, was a don't descend, uh, just level flight. So we, we, we went level and the captain was flying on this leg, but so, so the captain went level. And, uh, and a lot of times on this stage of the approach, when we were that close to the airport, that'll cause a go around. We talked in a previous episode about if we have to go around. Yeah. And uh, yeah. I thought we were going to have to go around because we were going to be uh, what's called unstable. We'd be out of position to do a safe landing. Yeah. But the traffic passed quickly enough where we were able to get back on the on the approach and, and continue the descent. But all of this, again, back up to the the approach phase or the the, the initial descent phase where we're getting kind of all these weird little vectors off of the arrival. And then we get this resolution advisory, this little airplane. And then finally we're back on approach and we're just coming down to land. And as just as the main wheels touch down on the runway, a flock of five pigeons, it looked like five, uh, I think crosses the, the air, uh, the runway right in front of us. And we're at landing speed. We're doing like 130 knots. Um, I'm not sure how many clock it's, we're, you know, we're fast. We just touched yeah. down. And, um, and so these birds now just fly across the runway and there's absolutely nothing you can do. Like, there's just like, we're, we're going to hit them. And so we only hit two of them. Yeah. It, it, uh, I've hit birds before, but never at that phase of flight, uh, never right on, on landing. 
And uh, one of them hit the the captain's side windshield, and the other one hit uh, above my windshield on the right side of the airplane, just above the uh, the glass of the window. And uh, again, I'm I'm amazed we only hit two of them. But uh, there's there's other airplanes behind us on approach, right? So as soon as we hit these birds, I reported a tower that uh, that we just hit birds on the runway because they can't let these other airplanes land behind us because they may ingest the bird carcass into their engines, and then that does damage, of course. So we land, killed two birds, taxi clear the runway. They sent two airplanes around. Um, They had to do a go around behind us while they sent a a truck out to inspect the runway uh, and clean up the birds uh, before. And then, um, and then we got, you know, we get kind of settled and taxi to the gate. And then the tower, we, we had to call the tower controller. And this was kind of a funny thing. They wanted some information about us and about the airplane if there was any damage, uh, what was the name of the captain and the first officer. And uh, so we give them all that information. And then they asked, they asked a question. They said, what type of engines do you have on the airplane? And neither the captain or I knew. <laughs> isn't, that, isn't that uninspiring? Why they, would, why they would ask that? I don't know. I, they, yeah, they want to know what kind of engines. And I was like, ah, uh, I don't, jet engines? Like, I don't know what kind of... Hopefully jet engines, hopefully. Yeah, they, they are. They, uh, uh, they're CFM 56, by the way, but we had to look up, uh, uh, we had to look up what those engines uh, were. The, the 737 uh, Max has uh, Leap 1B engines. I do know that. But uh, when they asked that question, both the, both the captain and I looked at each other like, I, what, I don't know. They're, they're, they're jet engines. That's enough. <laughs> we exactly. don't, but yeah. that's not a requirement for you to even know exactly what kind of engines you are having. It, not really. I mean, aircraft. it's kind of a joke. I mean, it's like, well, what, what do you mean you don't know what kind of engines are on the plane? But you just, you know, I'm, I'm sure I read it at one point when I went through initial training on the airplane, but it's not something that you really did it start. Yes. Good. Good to go. You know, so uh, yeah. these are the. So anyway, that was that was my uh, that was my landing in Burbank, and uh, the captain and I. This is we, eventful. It was it was the, this is a, a unusual type of approach, descent, and landing that uh, it, you know usually it's it's pretty boring. You know everything goes according to the plan, and that's the way we like it. But that was an exciting uh, exciting little descent. Sorry about the pigeons, but uh, you know it happens. <laughs> Poor things, yeah, yeah. but uh, they should not be around there. <laughs> yeah, no, they should have thought twice about crossing that runway. So, <laughs> yes, exactly. Uh, another thing, uh, I'm actually surprised about that the traffic indication because uh, obviously I watched a lot of uh, aircraft investigations on National Geographic and all of that stuff. So I really hate that indication because uh, I mean. It's not cool. It's not cool when you hear it, I guess, mostly for you guys. You're like, what's going on? So you had, uh, apart from the bird strike, you had also that indication going on, uh, traffic on descent, blah, blah, blah. A lot of stuff, a lot of stuff going on. It's wild. Uh, And I guess this actually got you out of your comfort zone, like you said. Uh, Normally everything goes uh, according to plan, but well... And this is what the aviation is all about, in my opinion, that uh, you never know when uh, things going to get heated up. So that's why our trainings are very uh, intensive. And um, yeah, we cover basically all, plan- all stuff that might happen. Yeah, it really can change in a heartbeat, too. It's, it's amazing how quickly 
uh, things can start spiraling, you know, downhill. There's a saying that goes, uh, it, aviation or, or the airlines is hours and hours of boredom followed by moments of sheer terror. Uh, and, and it can be uh, somewhat true where you're just doing nothing, nothing, nothing. And then all of a sudden something happens and now you are, you are uh, uh, very, very, very busy. And that was a busy, it was a busy approach, but uh, ultimately, I mean, it, we, you know, with everything that happened, we, I think we handled it well, um, but uh, uh, we were actually, the cat and I were the next day we flew to, um, oh, I think we ended up in Dallas the next day. And I mean, we were talking about that arrival and approach for the whole next day, but you know, it, it actually kind of made me think of about like, you know, the, the possibility of, of uh, completely uh, pilotless airplanes, right? Com aircraft that are controlled entirely by uh, software or AI or, or whatever. And, uh, and in these scenarios, like the, the software is definitely not ready to handle these uh, unusual events. You know, maybe the software could handle an entirely pre-planned descent approach uh, arrival and landing. But, um, but, you know, for events like this, you know, it's just, you know, there's, there's a human aspect that's needed. And you talked about with the, uh, on episode seven, you talked about the, uh, the meta, uh, event that you went to where they were operating drones. Yeah. With, uh, code that's actually generated with chat GPT, which was wild and, um, yeah, so we basically didn't know about that. This was like a surprise, um, the surprise feature of the event. <laughs> so uh, yeah, we were all uh, blown away because okay, we know ChatGPT is powerful and uh, we we know already what it might do. What's the potential of ChatGPT and uh, what's already doing. So uh, once they presented uh, this kind of thing uh, to us, so ChatGPT is generating the code for your um, drone, then with the help of a plugin, you connect the plugin with ChatGPT and that plugin is connected to the drone software and that's how the connection basically happens. And um, it was wild. Honestly, it was wild because that um, kind of tells you one more thing that if ChatGPT can basically control your drone, it can control any weapon in the world, right? Because drones nowadays are actually used, are weaponized. <laughs> uh, everyone is using them, like all, like, I don't want to mention any countries and stuff, but yeah, everyone is using them for that as well. So now you can, of course, it's uh, expected as well because uh, we humans are, um, as I like to say sometimes, unfortunately, the cancer of the earth. So, of course, we'll use AI to harm other humans, of course. So um, this was exactly, uh, this exactly popped in my mind because I'm like, that's actually not good. You know, that uh, should not be happening. But, well... Um, what to do <laughs> uh, well we talked about it before with the with episode seven where you have you know you don't want to um just blindly use the code in your own projects well now if you tie that into a drone uh and you're using ai generated code in a physical device that's operating autonomously that does uh, that that raises a lot of ethical questions and and you know we're absolutely you know, talk about not being ready Yes, absolutely. And I see all the time, for example, Elon Musk is posting all of that, you know, he's always about AI ethics 
and mm-hmm. um, how and now when I think about it now before I was like oh my god I think he's just overreacting and stuff but actually he's not he's actually right and uh, mm-hmm. we should yeah. believe those people who are actually all about AI ethics and AI restrictions uh to be put into place because we need them otherwise it will be a mess like the cryptocurrency long time ago and even still now uh they are using cryptocurrency for not good reasons let's put it that way um you can do basically everything through crypto and we can try fixing all of this stuff but they will always be there because People are smart for good and for bad, so um, they will always find a way. They will always find a way to get through the... <laughs> yeah, you know, it, I think it's overwhelming for the individual, like you and I, you know, and unless we're making our own crypto or our own AI, we're not, we're just users of the, uh, of, of the software, right? And so it's difficult for us as, a, as basically an end user to to dictate how this is going to go but maybe you know there's a saying like vote with your wallet you know like you you don't use software that that's not ethically used i there's a there was an event um uh it was a snapdragon summit i think it was in hawaii i saw some stuff on social media about it where um uh, meta facebook is is coordinating with ray-ban they've got uh, these glasses with with cameras oh, in yeah, them yeah i saw that yeah they they actually look really cool to me and uh, I'm I, I I was looking at them, but I don't like the fact that they're that they're tied with Meta because I don't like Meta's stance on privacy. Like I just don't feel like they have any respect of privacy. I'm on Instagram, as you well know, Jet Fuel Devs on Instagram. Follow us, but <laughs> but it's still like I, I follow us, guys. Yeah, I reluctantly, you know, I, it's like well, I don't want to just now attach cameras to my face that are tied to a company that I know or that I don't trust personally. And, and, you know, and so in that way I'm voting with my wallet by not purchasing this product that I could use. Um, and I, I think they, they, you know, they look like they shoot nice video, but, but if it's tied to a company that I don't trust, I'm not going to support that with the, with the purchase, you know? And so as an end user, maybe that's how we can control some of, of how this technology is used. Exactly. I completely support your opinion and uh, I see where you come from and all these speculations and not only speculations, I think it was already there as a fact that um, Meta's uh, privacy, data privacy is just, um, yeah, no comment, no comment about it. (laughs) Best not to comment. Right. Yeah, so I completely uh, understand what you mean, mm-hmm. and um, yeah, it might be a good product. I'm not really into it. I never, I mean, I know that it's there, but I never kind of like got into like I don't know, never watched yeah. videos or something to see uh, to check the quality and all of that. But um, yeah, I don't think I would purchase that. I don't think I would go for the HoloLens. I don't think most probably I'm actually positive about the Vision Pro, uh, mm-hmm. which now is crazy expensive. I think 3K. Was it 3K? How much is I it? I think 3,500 US dollars. Yes, oh, 35 even. So yeah. yeah, that's pretty much pricey. <laughs> but uh, let's see how it will go. I'm looking really looking forward to see what people's gonna say about about it and if they will love it. I think they'll love it. 
Um, because yeah. honestly, I love all kinds of Apple products. I mean, you know, we are Apple fans, so yeah. <laughs> so I'm positive about the quality and positive about the experience in general. So let's see, uh, is it already in the mar- on the market or can you buy? No, the- they're just saying it's early next year, and that's that's you know that's as specific as they're being is just early next year. Um, I I don't plan on purchasing one, but. Uh, at least not right away, but I do love the idea, especially for our lifestyle with as much travel as we do. You know, I'm here at home now with my external monitor and, and my MacBook. And, and so I love the screen real estate that I have that I can work on when I'm home. And so the idea for me of a, of a Vision Pro or, or something like it, where I can extend the monitor of my laptop no matter where I am, yeah, I can extend great. it to, to something, you know, I could be in a hotel room and, and have, a, a, you know, another monitor or a huge monitor by the use of this, uh, this, uh, you know, headset, that would be, for me, that would be very useful just as a software developer, not for, you know, even anything else. It just, just to have more screen real estate when I'm on the road for your studies as well. I'm sure, I'm sure. And, and what are you working on uh, lately, Veronica? I know you were really, really busy with your studies, your university. Um, and thank you for squeezing this time in to get uh, another episode recorded, but what, uh, what are you working on lately? Yeah, so now currently I'm on my C-sharp and .NET module. And then uh, before that, I was uh, on network security. And so for this, for the past two months, I've just been doing that. Uh, I passed my network security module, which honestly, I'm not really a cybersecurity fan. I'm not looking forward to become a cybersecurity um yeah to work with cybersecurity or whatever just not my thing not my thing and i'm more into like same as you development part of the game so um yeah i was not so excited to to pass that module i was just like okay let me just see what i can do about it just to pass the module so currently c sharp.net you can build a lot of stuff dynamic web pages site server web pages anything you want you can build you name it plus uh also there are a lot of uh, job opportunities uh on the market on linkedin and for c sharp and .net developers so that's why now i'm looking forward to build finally my portfolio um that's why i'm uh, getting mentors uh, that will help me uh, a lot uh, i hope that they will help me to build my portfolio now there are two two um parts on building the portfolio two ways of building your portfolio you can build it solely on github which is a good way still a lot of people are very happy with their GitHub portfolios. It just doesn't require much. Just you upload your projects on GitHub and that's it. And the second way, which takes more time, and but it um, gives better impression for the recruiters and uh, just for anyone and for your own confidence is to have your own website and where you can basically display your portfolios of uh, your projects there. And uh, this you can also call, call it a portfolio. So I think I will go for the second way because uh, personally, I love design as well. I love design. I love um, everything related to it. So I'm planning and I'm looking forward to create just a beautiful looking portfolio. But this doesn't really matter when it comes to your project. So uh, even you can create the best design website. What what uh, matters is the project you get, you have 
uh, on that website of yours. Uh, so I really, I hope I will be able to spare some time uh, to just take the time and build my project and uh, display them and just move forward to to the next uh, step, which is applying for, I think I will try to apply for junior positions or something like that. But uh, when I talk about, I'm not talking like next week or something. <laughs> I'm talking like in the next few months. I don't know how long it will take, but um, yeah, that's what I'm really now looking forward to. And yeah, apart from that, that's what occupies my time now uh, csharp.net uh, trying to finish my assignment move on to the next um, module which i'm not sure what was it the next module i'll have to look into it and then i might have maybe like seven or eight more months left of my just to get my degree and everything if everything goes according to plan because nice. life happens, you never know what's going on. So um, you have to be prepared for all kinds of situations, same as the aviation life. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So other than that, uh, aviation, I'm still flying uh, full force uh, tomorrow, going to Athens and then Newark, uh, which is in New York, if anyone doesn't know what what's Newark, where's Newark? I didn't know personally before I, I started flying. I didn't oh, know yeah. what's Newark. <laughs> I, I'm very familiar with Newark. Yes, New Jersey. You yeah, are, uh... you are, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, so uh, that's where I'm going. And then after that, I have a flight to Geneva, which is which I'm very excited. i never been there. So, mm. yeah, looking forward to visit the lake there, Geneva Lake, and um, yeah, that's pretty much it. <laughs> Very nice. You know, back to the the, the design uh, and the portfolio. I think that um, uh, I am not good at design. I, I really struggle with it, and I and I always am very impressed with with developers that are kind of a uh, full stack in a way with design and and the you know the front end and the back end, if you will, about the design of everything and the appearance and then the functionality and and uh, it's just very impressive to me. So I think putting your portfolio up as on a on a on a website that you built with nice design, you know, it's not going to be perfect, of course, but uh, nothing ever is. But but it, that is a that's a, a showpiece of your ability just just in the design of it. So if you uh, you know if you can do that, and if you're enthusiastic enough about design to spend a little bit of extra time on it, that I think that really is like the the cherry on top, the chef's kiss, if you will, of of uh, of, of software as a developer. Yeah, yeah, and this is what shows. This is really shows exactly. You're right. I completely, hundred percent agree with you. It really shows of your skills, uh, front end, back end, uh, basically everything. Uh, that's yeah. what actually software engineering degree is all about. To be able to be full stack and to do mm -hmm. everything needed. And you know. I said um, maybe before that I'm really looking forward to start like to get a job in tech and but honestly just for my plan is just to do it maybe for one year or two years and then just create something of my own because life is short we don't have enough time we have to think about it and uh, I know that tech life uh, is a sweet life for most of the people, mm -hmm. uh, you have mostly if you work for a good company, um, 
you get all the benefits you know same as aviation i mean uh, mm-hmm. if you get if it becomes your um comfort zone everything becomes like a sweet life for you and everything out of that zone is a hard life (laughs) (laughs) yeah so um it's good to be employed i'm not saying anything like i actually love being employed because you're taken care of for everything you have your insurance you have basically everything you don't have you just have to show up there and you have to do the job and that's it right right it's a good life but then like when you know that you have only this one life for now, you know, depends on what uh, depends what your beliefs are. But for now, we have this one life, and it's a short one, we are here for a while, then we are off to somewhere else. (laughs) So we better Mm -hmm. get used to it better challenge yourself. This is my plan uh, to challenge myself to see how far I can go, or can I do something else, you know? So this is the thing. This is the thing. And that's the plan so far. It's an inspiring plan. You know, we talk about this a lot and and, and it, and I can keep talking about it because I love hearing it over and over and over again uh, about what, what you're going to do with, with the time and the, and the abilities that you have and what abilities can you, uh, can you, create and can you learn and you can learn anything that you want to and um to to kind of spin into uh, more on learning and and inspiration uh just recently uh the announcement was made for a new or well uh, it's the second year of deep dish swift is a conference that's happening uh in in my area it's it's uh, uh it's convenient for me i would love it if you could make it but it's a tall order coming from dubai to chicago in 2024 for deep dish swift but anybody listening uh, i went to it this year in 2023 it feels like it was uh too long ago already but uh, that conference is coming up and uh well it's in um it's may of 2024 and uh, I'll put a link in the in the in the show notes for that. But uh, great I conference. I can't wait to watch your stories already. Yes. Yeah. Oh no. I I will be uh, I'll be posting uh, everything um, because it, it was such a great event last year. I had such a great time meeting people. And you know, you, you talked last time about uh, in the last episode about being, you know, getting out of your comfort zone and going to in person events and trying to get better at networking. And and what I found at uh, at Deep Dish Swift was I'm surrounded by people uh, with the same interests, you know, is similar, um, similar motivations, I should say about, you know, about creating and and developing. And that makes it so much easier to get out and meet people because you're kind of automatically part of the group. Maybe you don't know anybody there, but it doesn't matter because we're all there for the same reasons, because we love development. It's a very independent developer focused um, conference. And and I definitely consider myself an independent developer um, and, you know, small business, uh, you know, developer, if you, you know, I could say, and, uh, and this conference is focused uh, for that type of uh, uh, developer. And, uh, and so very inspiring. And I really, I just, I can't wait for May of next year and the next Deep to Swift. This is so exciting. This is really, yeah. really exciting. And um also excited for you. And yeah. like I said, I can't wait, can't wait to see pictures and to uh, also see what the speakers will say about yeah. what they've been through for the past one year. And it's, uh, it's great. It's yeah. really great. Are there, are there, um, I know you just went to this metaverse thing. Are there software developer conferences in Dubai? There has to be. Yeah, 
there has to be. I actually never looked into it, never really had an opportunity to attend one. I don't know. Most probably there is, but I have to really look for something like that so I can. They were inviting me a few times. Uh, people were inviting me to a cybersecurity meetups. And I'm mm. like, sorry, guys, but I'm not a cybersecurity fan. And I won't really. I mean, I don't mind meet cybersecurity people and people in that industry. But when I know inside of me that I won't do this in the future and I don't want to do this in the future, it's just not my thing. So I just didn't attend and um, yeah. But I'm yeah. still grateful that people try to invite me to something like this kind of meetups and stuff. So yeah, still. Yeah, no, it's cool to get the invite. But but yeah, if you're not interested, it, uh, it, wouldn't, it wouldn't be worth going either. So I've had the, um, I've been home for a few days and, uh, there's a, there's a local meetup that happens, but it's really, they meet at a brewery and it's really not really a developer meetup. It's more like stand around and drink beer and, and kind of like just, just whatever. And I'm like, ah, that's not really beneficial to me that I, I you know, I want to, I want to learn. I want to challenge it, you know? It's so, uh, standing around and, and drinking beer with, with other developers is like, okay, that's fine. Maybe once or twice, but but uh, that's not really what I'm I'm into. So yeah, what you're looking yeah. forward to do? Yeah, I completely. And yeah, we have such a similarities when it comes to points of view about that kind of mm -hmm. stuff. So um, yeah, yeah, that's pretty much it. I think uh, we're almost thirty-five. Yeah, thirty-five minutes. And um... we better wrap it up. I know we, we're really trying, everyone. We're really trying to, to get these episodes down to under an hour. So we're going to wrap it up here. Thank you so much, uh, fellow listeners. Remember to support Jet Fuel Devs. There's no advertisements in here yet. Um, you know, we, uh, we, we, we appreciate every support that you can give us. Uh, we'll put links in the description we're on our website. You can support the show. We've got some links where you can just make a small donation. Any little bit helps just to keep the, uh, the hosting fees and everything alive. But really, we do this because we love talking about tech, software development, and, uh, and we uh, hope you enjoy listening. And Thank you again. And aviation. And not to forget about killing birds with airplanes. It happens real fast. <laughs> exactly. Thank you so much, guys, for keeping up with us. And thanks uh, to whoever supported us already. And uh, thank you for whoever uh, will support us. And uh, yeah, see you soon. See you on the episode nine, where we will discuss how Dan sang karaoke. <laughs> <laughs> No way. No way. Okay. All right. Thank you, everyone. Thank you, Veronica. Bye, guys. Bye -bye. See ya.